Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to South Coast Christian. I'm Pastor Tom, and it's just a privilege and an honor to have you here worshiping us with us inside the facility. So, yeah. God is good. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Matt Wish. He's our uh, media guy. He put that video together. Isn't that good? Um, he does a, just a great job at grabbing a hold of the ideas and the thoughts of our series and, and just packaging it in such a way that it, we desire to understand more. And so I want to say thank you to Matt for all that he uh, does. If you're joining us today uh, online, we want to welcome you. And thank you for uh, being here today, and we uh, count it a privilege that you're taking your time to worship with us today as well. I have a message that I want to share with you, and I hope that you will enjoy it today. Um, last week, I shared about, we've been in the series Growing, and last week I shared about knowing God, and we know God through His attributes and through His qualities. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to go to our podcast, go to our website, and uh, pick up last week, because I think it was a, it's a... A great message that helps us to understand how we can know God. Just a real quick highlight from last week. One of the things I shared about is that we know God through his compassion. We know God through his love. We know God through his forgiveness. We know God through his commitment that he made to us by sending his son Jesus to the cross. We know God through all these different attributes that we can see, that we can experience. And what's even amazing to me is that we know God in a greater way when we start practicing these same qualities in our life, when we start practicing forgiveness, when we start practicing love, when we start practicing making a commitment towards God, guess what? We understand we start to know God even more so for ourselves. It's, it's kind of a revelation that takes place in our life. Uh, in this series, um, we are answering the following four questions, and we're repeating these questions over and over so it gets into your spirit. But Questions that most people want to ask. How do I know God in my life? That's a big question. How do I find freedom from bondage from my past, from my divorce? How do I find freedom from whatever, the loss of job, from being falsely accused? How do I find freedom from those things? How do I discover the God-given purpose that God has for my life? Pastor, how does that work? How does that take place? And then most importantly, how do I make a difference? If God actually put me on this planet, how can I make a difference in other people's lives? And so those are the questions that we are answering. And it's kind of interesting. I want to share a scripture with you here in just a moment. Because I think God demonstrated this in the Old Testament to the Israelites when he delivered them out of the bondage of Egypt. Uh, the Old Testament stories are full. They're true stories, but they're full of symbolism that reveals God plan, God's plan for our lives. And I want to share that with you here for just a moment. Listen to what God says to Moses. When Moses is going into Pharaoh, when he's going into Egypt, and he's going to uh, deliver the Israelites out of Egypt, listen to what God says in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. And I highlighted four different words as I read this passage of Scripture. It says, Therefore... Say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your, from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and, and great acts of judgment. 
I will claim you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from the oppressions in Egypt. I want to just break that down for just a moment today. Let's, let's look at this. God wants to free you from oppression. What does that mean? He wants to change your thinking. He wants, he wants to change the way that you are processing things. He wants you free from that oppression. Many times, you know, you can be free but be in bondage. Or you can be in bondage and be free. Let me, let me share what I'm meaning. Corey Ten Boom is a great example of that. Corey Ten Boom, if you don't know that, she was, went through the Holocaust and, and she was in prison. But yet her mind was never in prison. Her mind was continually worshiping the Lord. Even through the worst imaginable things that you could ever imagine. She went through that and she went through it with her faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus had freed her from the oppression. God wants to rescue you. You can see that in that scripture. Rescue you from sin and bondage. So that you can find freedom. The first one, rescue, to set you free from oppression so that you can know him. The third one, God wants to redeem you. What does redeem mean? It means that he wants to buy you back. He wants to pay and say, hey, I'm going to take you out of this sinful thing, out of this bondage. I want to buy you back for the purpose that I had originally planned for your life. He did this through Jesus Christ, through his son. He purchased the price. He paid the price with his death on the cross for our sins as a sacrifice. And the fourth one is God wants to claim you. God wants to call you his own. He created you. He wants you to be his so that you can make a difference in this world. This is God's plan for each of us. But we have to, we have to uh, each make a decision. For this plan to work, we have to make a decision to follow after Jesus. As I shared last week, each day we have to get up and pick up our cross and follow Jesus. It doesn't say that we, we pick up our cross once a year or we pick up our cross once a month. Or one, it says daily we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus. Today I want to focus on the second question that I presented. How do I find freedom? Many people struggle with their purpose in life. And that's what we're going to discuss next week. We're going to discuss how do I discover my purpose in life. But I believe before we can discover purpose, you've got to find freedom. If you're living in bondage, you'll never understand your purpose because that's all you can see. You've got to get out of bondage. You've got to find freedom to actually discover your purpose in life. I believe the answer to this question, I really have one point. There's some sub points, but I'm pretty proud of this today. I only have one point, but be ready for the sub points. I believe the answer to this question is this. We find freedom in his spirit. To help us understand this truth for just a brief moment, we need to look, really look back at the Old Testament and the Old Testament temple. The temple was built in Jerusalem, and it was designed uh, as an earthly dwelling place for God's presence. The temple was a place where God's people would gather and they would worship. And one of the acts of worship that they would do is that they would bring animal sacrifice. And I know that is weird to us today, but in the Old Testament it wasn't. They would bring animal sacrifice into the temple and they would sacrifice these animals to appease God for their, for their earthly sins. And they would do that in a way that they would worship God. Inside the temple was a place called the Holy of Holies. It was where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was where God's presence 
dwelt. But inside that temple were the holies of holies, where there was, a rec- there was a lot of other parts of the temple. There was a courtyard. There was many other things. There was a place where the sacrifices were made. But there was a separation that was made in the temple between the holy of holies and the rest of the temple. There was a separation that was a curtain. It was a big curtain. It said in scriptures, it's about 60 feet tall. We have about 24-foot ceilings here. So you can imagine 60 feet tall, that's a high curtain. And that curtain uh, in Jewish customs uh, says that that curtain was probably about four inches thick. Because it was woven together. So this was not a light curtain. This was a heavy curtain. And the whole idea, the whole symbol of this curtain was that there was a separation between God's presence and mankind and people. So, Pastor Tom, what does this mean? How does this, you know my life. I think it's really important for us to understand because when Jesus died on the cross because he became the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. When he died on the cross, scripture makes this statement that the veil, the curtain that separated man from God, that curtain that separated the rest of the temple from the holy of holies, understanding this, that only the priest could enter the holy, uh, the high priest could enter the holy of holies and only one time a year. And they were so afraid of it that they would tie a rope around his ankle that if he went in and for some reason God was not pleased with him and he'd be stricken dead, they would drag him up by the rope. Boy, I'm glad I serve a New Testament God, I'll tell you right now. But when Jesus died on the cross and became the sacrifice for our sins, the scripture states that the veil, that curtain, tore from the top down to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom. Why is that significant? Because it was a man that tore that, that, that curtain. It was God. And God accepted, this is what's so powerful here, when Jesus died on the cross and that curtain tore from the top to the bottom, it was representation that God accepted the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ. And he is tearing the veil, the separation of God man no longer has to be there because the sacrifice was made and it was accepted. Man, you guys are getting excited today. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, wait a minute, Pastor Tom. I thought you just shared with me that the veil was torn. Yes, it was torn from top to bottom in the temple. It represented that all of a sudden there is no more separation between God and man. But that separation doesn't take place in your life until you step out in faith and put your faith in Jesus Christ. When you all of a sudden accept the sacrifice that Christ did for your life and recognize that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead three days later is the same power that can break you free from bondage and raise you from the dead, that's when you step in and all of a sudden this veil is revealed, this veil is lifted from your life and you can see the goodness of God. There's a miraculous thing that takes place in repentance. There's a miraculous thing that takes place in our life when we decide to turn from this direction and we turn to this direction. All of a sudden as we turn towards Christ, the things that were blocked from our vision, the things that we could not longer could not see, all of a sudden God starts to lift that veil, lift that curtain, lift the blindness from our eyes. You see, 
The veil is referring to an ignorance about sin. And this specific scripture is being addressed to the nation of Israel. But I believe this applies to all people. You see, sin has a, has a way of controlling and damaging your life. Sin puts you in bondage and guilt and leads you down a road of darkness. The removal of the veil symbolizes this. The exposure of God's light into your life. All of a sudden you're being exposed to his goodness, to his love, to his grace. It begins to set us free. It's kind of like a blind person who all of a sudden is able to see. If you've never, I've seen that a couple of times with either blind or people who are deaf. And all of a sudden, because of medical science, they found a way where all of a sudden a blind person all of a sudden is now able to see. And, and it, their whole world opens up. Or all of a sudden a deaf person all of a sudden is able to hear. And, and the whole, all of a sudden everything begins to open up. And it, it's kind of like almost like a veil of darkness is lifted from them. And they can see and hear the beauty of God's creation. The physical miracles that Jesus performed while he was walking here on this earth was a beautiful imagery of what can take place spiritually in our lives when we put our faith in Jesus when all of a sudden blindness leaves and all of a sudden that veil is ripped apart and we can see I love there's a passage of scripture in John chapter 9 in the gospels it's a great story of where it says the man was born blind from birth he had never been able to see and Jesus comes up to this man who was a beggar as well. And, you know, Jesus wasn't the most, uh, wasn't a person that, went, he never went through etiquette classes, okay. He didn't do the most of the things that you would think that were the right things that you should do. All of a sudden he sees this man that was born blind. You know what scripture says? Scripture says that he spat. He just like, yeah, kind of gross. Spits in the dirt, spits in the ground. He all of a sudden starts to mix up his saliva with the dirt in there, and he makes mud. And then all of a sudden he picks up that mud, and he places it on the eyes of that blind man. You can read it in Scripture, John chapter 9, if you don't believe me. Pastor's not preaching heresy today. He puts it on, the, puts it on this man's eyes. He says, go wash in the pool of Shalom. And the man goes, and he washes his eyes, and that dirt starts to come off of his eyes. And all of a sudden, a man who was blind, all of a sudden, now he can see. Darkness had been lifted, and this is what happens when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. When we turn to Jesus, the veil is lifted, and once we were blind, and all of a sudden we start seeing how goodness, uh, the, graciousness, the graciousness of God. What's interesting about this story, the Pharisees were ticked off. The religious leaders were just so upset at Jesus. Because he did things not their way. He healed this man on the holy day of the Sabbath day. Why would Jesus actually heal on the Sabbath? Well, maybe because someone needed healing. He healed him on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees went out and they found this blind man. And they began to question this man. And they actually state to the, the blind man, we know that Jesus is a sinner. Can't even imagine. I can't even fathom that statement right there. It just, it just blows my mind. We know that Jesus is a sinner. How did this happen? Because we want to give glory to God. And I love the response of the blind man. This, this is all I know. I was blind, but now I see. I love that statement of faith, statement of truth. And that's what happens to us spiritually when we turn away from sin and we turn our focus onto Christ. Sin or Unbelief creates a spiritual blindness. 
our faith, all of a sudden Jesus lifts that blindness from our lives. Choosing to follow Jesus is the first step in finding freedom. The second step I want to share, and this is a sub-point of my one point. The second step I want to share with you today is that we have to remain in his presence. If you want to find freedom, remain in his presence. Listen to the next verse. I'm sharing really three verses out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 16, 17, and 18. But listen to verse 17. It says, For the Spirit... For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, and say it with me, there is freedom. Say it one more time. There is freedom. I just got that picture of William Wallace, you know, freedom. Anyhow, okay. Anyhow, some of you got that, some of you didn't. I'm a movie buff, so. I was talking to a person this week. We were, he came and made an appointment with me, and we were sitting down, and we were just talking, and he watches this online, and if he's watching this today, man, uh, I had a great conversation, and I enjoyed our time together. But he was sharing with me about his experiences, and he said, Pastor Tom, you know, there's something that happens to me as I'm driving to work, and he has a longer commute. He says, if something happens to me, I put my worship music on, and all of a sudden, man, I just feel something taking place in my life. He said, I feel this peace. I feel this freedom. He said, it can happen also with me when I'm at church and I'm worshiping God. All of a sudden, this freedom and this peace this tranquility just starts to come over my life. I said, that's the presence of God. It's God's presence touching your life. You maybe have experienced something similar where all of a sudden you're working at home and you've been listening to Pastor Tom. I'm going to create an environment in my home, so I'm going to put on some worship music. And, and you're cleaning, you're doing this, and all of a sudden there's a worship song that comes on. And all of a sudden you start to feel, all of a sudden you kind of feel a little warm. And all of a sudden your eyes are all of a sudden, what, why am I starting to water up? And you're starting to feel you're tearing up and you're going, what's taking place? It's the presence of God beginning to touch your life. It's his presence. You see, there is freedom in his presence. What you're experiencing is God's presence. It takes place because we've shifted our focus. I want you to catch this. We've shifted our focus from all the other things, all the other tasks that we have to do, all the other things that we have appointments for, all of a sudden we've shifted our focus where our focus is just on Jesus. And in those moments when we take that time, all of a sudden we get touched by the presence of God. Everything else, have you ever been there? I've been there where all of a sudden I'm worshiping the Lord and it's really weird. All of a sudden it seems like everything else disappears. It's like it's just me and God. I mean, it doesn't matter, it just doesn't matter where, any, what, what else is going on in the world. It just doesn't matter. It's just me and the Lord. And all of a sudden you feel this presence of God. And he starts to do something in you. And I'm telling you, it's what I, the only way I can explain it, it's the freedom of his spirit that begins to tell. The woman at the well, one of my favorite stories, the Samaritan woman at the well. Love this story. Because Jesus goes out of his way and he goes into an area that he really wasn't supposed to go to if he was a Jew. And he, he chose to go into that direction. because he, And you've heard my story because I love this story. I share it over and over and over. I'm not getting old. I'm not forgetting. I just keep repeating because I wanted to get in your spirit. And I love this story because all of a sudden, all of a sudden this woman who desperately needed a touch of God's presence. She was in bondage. She was so mixed up. 
She couldn't even come to the well at a, at, a, at a normal time in the morning because she was fearful of what everybody else would say. She was on her fifth husband. Boy, was she lost. And she was living with a man that wasn't even her Women, come on. We know men are not the answer, right? Come on. Men are not the answer. Come on. There's only one man that is the answer. His name is Jesus. She's at... She's at this well, at Jacob's well, and Jesus travels out of his way to have an experience with this woman, with his presence. Jesus knew that she was lost. He knew that she was searching for freedom and for purpose. She thought everything else was the answer. But Jesus starts to talk to her about living water. And he says, man, I have this water that I can give to you where you will never thirst again. And she says, give me some of that water. I don't want to be tra- tra- traveling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he said, you don't understand the water that I want to give you, but it's going to give you freedom. And I started thinking about that. I want you to catch this thought. She's standing at Jacob's well drawing out water. And there's only one person that can set you free. And that person is standing right in front of the Samaritan woman. The Messiah, the Savior, is standing in front of her, explaining to him, my presence is what can set you free once and for all. Listen to what Jesus shares to her, because they have a conversation about worship. You can read the story for yourself, but they have a conversation about worship, where to worship, all those type of things. And Jesus makes this statement to her, says, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This woman immediately experienced the freedom in the presence of Jesus. She was so taken back by his presence that the scripture states that she left everything to go run to her village. She left her water jug that was so important to her at one moment because that's why she came to the, to the well because she needed water. So she brought this jug there. And all of a sudden when she encountered Jesus, when she encountered the presence of God, that no longer was even in her mind or she didn't even have a thought about it. All she did was she left from the well and she started to run to the village. And she started saying, hey, I have found the Messiah. He is here. That's what happens when you get touched by the presence of God. You can't even contain it within yourself. you got to do something to make a difference. you got to do something because the power of God is touching your life. It's in God's presence that we find freedom. It's our vision statement here at South Coast Christian. It's creating an environment to see what God can do through you. Really what's wrapped up is we're creating an environment where you can experience God's presence in your life. I've seen grown men who are tough and rugged and prideful melt in the presence of God. I've seen rebellious teenagers who don't want anything to do with school or church. And definitely they don't want anything to do with their parents. But all of a sudden, just a moment in the presence of God. And you start seeing this rough teenager that thinks they have everything, you know, and they're just so lost. All of a sudden, something starts to melt away within them. And you see these big crocodile tears start rolling down their cheeks and they're being set free from the bondage that was holding them. Because of what? The presence of God. I've seen the most hardened hearts that I would think that there is no possibility that they could be set free. And God makes it in a situation where all of a sudden they turn as soft as butter because of God's presence. 
You might be here today sitting here or watching us online and you are filled up with bondage. You're just kind of so tied up in a knot that you don't even know how to untie yourself. And you're in this bondage and you're wondering, how do I find freedom? I'm telling you, how do you find freedom? You find him in the presence of the Lord. Just like that woman at the well, she was set free from herself. So all of a sudden she could experience Jesus. It was God's presence who led the Israelites out of Egypt. We always equate it to Moses. Moses was the instrument that God used, but it wasn't Moses that led the people of Israel out of Egypt. Who was it? It was the presence of God. Remember, it was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that represented the presence of God that led the Israelites out of their bondage. Moses understood this. He understood God's power, God's presence. He said in Exodus 33, 15, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring me up from here. He knew that victory was found in the presence of the Lord. He didn't want to take one step forward without God's presence going with him because he knew if he took that step forward, guess what? God's presence wasn't leading him. He needed the presence of God in his life. With us today, it's in God's presence that we find freedom over sin. It's in his presence that we find freedom over bondage, freedom from addiction, freedom over fear, freedom over hell. Do you know there's a hell? If you haven't read that in the Bible, I can point it out to you. It talks a lot about hell. Thank God I'm going to heaven. Come join me, please. Get on the journey with me. In God's presence, there is freedom. Freedom from the tyranny of sin. Listen to the last verse I want to share with you in verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul writes, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Finding freedom from ourselves allows God to change us into the image that he originally intended for our lives. An image of his glory. What does that mean, Pastor Tom? I've heard that, made, that statement made before. I think it's weird for you that I talk to myself in third person. I'm sorry. But I do that. I don't know why. Um, what does that mean? When you want to hear a smart person speak, talk to yourself. But what does that mean that all of a sudden, what does that mean of all of a sudden that you want to, that you want to glorify, that you want God's glory to flow through your life? It means this, the image of God's glory is reflecting his character. It's his love, it's his peace, it's his joy, it's his patience, it's his kindness, it's his, it's his goodness, it's his gentleness, it's his faithfulness, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Where all of a sudden the fruit of the Spirit is flowing through your life and all of a sudden the glory of God is being seen in you and through you. Because all of, you've had an experience with God's presence. Let me tell you a story. True story. Happened to me yesterday. I was here. We were doing a leadership meeting here at the church. And um, I was walking out in the front sidewalk there. I was walking to the worship doors. I came out of the office walking down the worship doors. And I see, and if you're watching me today, um, I love you. So just FYI. I see this man driving up in a Mercedes. I really mean that too. I want him to come to church. I see this man driving up in a Mercedes and he, he parks over by our dumpsters. And, and our dumpsters have been full. 
And we, we don't know why, but they've been full. And, and we have no room to, we actually have to stack stuff on the outside and wait for the garbage man to come because our dumpsters are full. And I see him, he's opening his door and he's about ready to put, pull all this stuff out of his, out of his Mercedes and put, put it into the dumpster. I'm thinking, man, dude, you got a Mercedes, you can't, find, you can't afford dump fees. And, and so, but he's going to throw it into the church dumpster. And I'm out there in front and I said, oh, hey, sir, 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 I'm sorry, you can't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, you can't dump here. And he looks at me like, Like, who are you? And I said, I'm the pastor. I'm so sorry. But yeah, no, we can't, you can't dump here. We don't have room for other garbage. And I'm so sorry. And he says, great job, Sheriff. <laughs> True story. I don't know if you understand, your pastor has, does have anger issues. And he's been working through that for years. You're... you're your pastor is a priest, not a saint, okay? And so this humanity all of a sudden started to come up inside of me. You know what I mean? And it's just, and I felt, catch this, I felt the presence of the Lord. Just touch me. Stop. Stop. Don't do it. Stop. See, there was a day where I wouldn't have listened to that. I would have plowed right through that. I would have went over there. I just, Yeah. Your pastor's even getting touched by the presence of God. And it's changing me. Yeah. I just stopped. Yeah. And I, you know, he, he got in his car. I didn't respond. I just waved. And he drove around and he exited. And I thought, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. For your presence leading me. So that I had the freedom to respond in a godly way. Yeah. And not in the bondage of my humanity. Did you catch that? Because, see, we get bonded in this bondage of our humanity and this sinful nature that we want to respond that way. And God moved me out of that into some beauty. Because, see, we're transformed from the ugliness of sin into the beauty, beautifulness of Christ. As a church, we are striving. And I share this because it's just our vision statement. I share it over and over. We are striving to create an environment to see what God can do through you. Say that with me. We, we, creating environments to see what God can do through me. That's what we're striving for. That's why we have weekend services where we can worship the Lord. That's why we, we just remodeled our children's room. you got to go see it. And we did that because we want kids to have the greatest experience in their life. That's why on Wednesday night we have a youth service that comes into the worship center. And they rock out and they dance around and they love Jesus. And they're having fun because we want them to be touched by the presence of God. That's why in a week we're starting up our life groups again. Because even during COVID when you think, how are you going to do life? Well, we're going to do life groups. And guess what? We need so because we need to be touched by God's presence. Because we know that the miracle takes place not through my touch or Mike's touch or anybody else. The miracle takes place when the presence of God touches your life. It's when God touches our lives. I understand that God's presence is not limited to a facility or to a building. We can experience God's presence 24-7 wherever we might go. But the Bible states these words. It says that we are to encourage one another and build one another up. We're to build one another up in the faith. And we do this through relationship with one another. As we have relationship with God, and then all of a sudden that relationship, when we're glorifying God, that glory shines through us and it touches others. See, we must recognize this truth. 
God uses people. He uses people. His presence works through our relationship with one another. This is why in James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, catch these words, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I believe that healing is not just for physical healing. I believe that healing has to do also with spiritual healing, where God touches both our soul and our body. And it's in God's presence, it's in God's presence that amazing things happen. But you need to understand that God works through people. God uses people to make a difference in helping others find freedom. Like I said before, it's one of the reasons why we do so many ministries and why we do the groups. We want people to be touched by God's freedom. Today I want to encourage you. Let's live in the freedom today by embracing God's presence. It will change your life. When you embrace the presence of God, if you've been searching for freedom, guess what? Take time, slow down, embrace the presence of God, and watch what will happen in your life. Turn away from sin. It seems so hard. But PT, I struggle in this area of my life. Turn away from it. Keep turning. I don't, if all you can get is here, get there. And live on the grace of God. Turn a little bit more and keep living on the grace of God. I'm telling you some truth right now. Keep turning. Don't give up. That's what the devil wants you to do is give up. Oh, you made, you did it again. You made a mistake. Oh, I told you not to lie, but there you go again. And then what you do, all the way back here. See, God's grace keeps you here. And what he wants to do is get you all the way here. So all of a sudden now, sin no longer even tempts you. It's just behind you. And you're walking in the grace of God and you see his truth. And you have found freedom from sin. It no longer has a bind on you. Do you know you can get, I'm going to share something here. You can get in a place in your life with one thing that, all, that had such strong addiction in your life. I truly believe that you, I know this goes against everything that is taught out there. I truly believe that God can get you to the place that you're not even tempted by it anymore. He can completely set you free. And it's when we step into His presence and move forward. Today, I want to take, we're going to worship the Lord. But I feel really encouraged, strongly encouraged. You might be watching online right now. Man, you've just been bound up with whatever it is. It might be sin. It might be just unforgiveness of your past. It might be words that have been shared over you by your parents when you were growing up. Whatever it might be. And you, you just have not been able to get set free from that. And it keeps on holding upon you. And you need to be set free. I want you right where you're at home right now. I just want you to stand. And if you're in the audience right here and you need to be set free, I want you to have the boldness just to stand for a moment. Because I want to say a prayer over you. Because I believe that God's presence can touch you right now. But man, Pastor Tom, let me stand in front of Every head bowed, eyes closed. Just for a moment. I just encourage you. I believe that God can do that in your life. Ah, come on. There's a few more. Come on. Yeah. Don't be shy. God was not shy with, with you when, he's, when he died on the cross. Man, he was bold. He made a commitment. 
Lord Jesus, you see the faith that has risen up in each person that has stood before you right now. And God, I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, you touch, not my touch, your touch, just like the woman at the well. Your presence will touch people right now in Jesus' name. You're setting free, Lord God, past unforgiveness. You're setting free from, from bondage, Lord God, that did holding on to him for years. You're setting him free from sin, Lord God, that's not letting go. But God, you're going to break it and it'll make it let go right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for your presence. We welcome your presence. We invite your presence in this place because it's your presence, Lord God, that sets us free. Set us free indeed, I pray today, Lord God. Set us free from ourselves so that we can worship you. We're excited because of you, God, and nothing else. Because of your power, just like you ushered the Israelites out of Egypt. Usher us, Lord God, out of our bondage into your presence, I pray. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. Because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.